All right, we're live, ladies and gentlemen, for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintraub. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right, so this uh, today it's the last episode of the year. Uh, we we won't do a year in review thing. I think like we we all been through this year. <laughs> we know what happened. Uh, instead, of, we're gonna more look into the next year, look to to twenty twenty two and uh, what it holds in the cards for for Tesla, because of course Tesla is still the biggest EV manufacturer out there, still generates the most news anywhere else. So we're gonna focus a little bit on Tesla first, but then we're gonna go through a bunch of electric vehicles that are supposedly gonna launch or at least take off more space in the EV community uh, over the next year. So we're going to do that. But first off, a big thanks to Electrify America for sponsoring this week's episode of the Electric Podcast. Electrify America has the biggest public fast charging network in the U.S. for electric vehicles. And we're going uh, to have a little bit more to say about them later on the show. So let's start in with Tesla. So I, I just posted this morning my uh, kind of look into 2022, what, what's going to be important for Tesla in the future. And it, it's not an exciting post. It's not like, oh, Tesla's going to release full self-driving next year. They're going to release the Cybertruck. They're gonna release. It looks what's actually important for Tesla's mission in, in 2022. It, it's uh, it, It's more what it is about. And uh, I think I think that 2022, it's all going to be about growth of Tesla's current lineup, especially Model 3, Model Y. That's where the volume is, obviously. And separately, but also like needed to make the first goal happen, is increasing battery cell production, both internally or for the first time internally, and still through, uh, through the supply chain, too. So if you, if you look, Tesla's impact in the EV community there's a lot of things like it's it has like design influence it has um technology influence but i think the biggest influence is they deliver more compelling electric vehicles in volume than anybody else and that that's what's changing the game right now like if you if you don't have a compelling high volume electric vehicle right now you're behind tesla and that's Pretty much everybody else. I mean, you you could bring some contenders now, starting with like the Volkswagen ID3, the uh, the Mustang Mach-E. Those are, are, are globally available, well, pretty much globally available vehicle um, that that are, are starting to hit some decent volume, but they still don't hold a candle to the Model Three or the Model Y. Uh, and and the craziest part of it all is that. Next year, Tesla is expanding those lineup, especially the Model Y, because of Gigafactory Berlin and Gigafactory Texas. So I think that the number one goal for Tesla next year is going to be volume production growth for Model 3 and especially Model Y, and especially through those two new factories. There's apparently still some room to grow in Shanghai. Apparently, for some reason, it's hard to believe, but some some, uh, room to grow in Fremont, too. But the big, the two big things are Berlin and Texas. So Tesla has been talking about a start of production at those facilities in 2021. I mean, a few hours left in 2021 now. It looks like it's not going to happen. I know this week there's been a bunch of Model Y leaving the factory that's been spotted in Berlin. But it, it sounds like those vehicles are, are, are for um, testing, for possibly like crash testing or for regulatory approval, things like that. So it doesn't look that Tesla is going to be able to produce any cars that are going to be delivered this year uh, out of Berlin. And uh, same thing or similar thing, at least in Texas. Uh, still looks like they're pretty close to. So so the startup production is, is imminent at both of those factories. But as we've been discussing a lot of times before, 
the, the, the big thing is more about the ramp up, like how smooth, how quick the ramp up is going to be to volume production. Uh, so that's what we're really going to be looking for for Tesla this, uh, not this year, but next year into 2022. And that's what you're going to hear us talking about a lot because, because I think that's probably one of the biggest story of the year. If, if Tesla can, can ramp up the Gigafactory Texas to like 200, 100 and 200 production per year, uh, exiting the year at that rate. I'm not saying that Tesla is going to produce 100 or 200,000 cars. Had Jeffrey takes us this year, but they might exit the year with that production rate and have a new, like large EV factory in the U.S. producing vehicle. That's massive. That's what we want to see. People like ramping up production of those facilities, and um, I think we want to see that happening. But for that to happen, Tesla needs uh, battery cells, of course. So the second part of the big story for Tesla in 2022, I think, is going to be its new internal battery cell production of the 4680 cells, because. The, the new Model Y that they're producing in those facilities apparently are going to feature those cells, which are going to be put in structural battery pack, a brand new way to make a, a vehicle or an electric vehicle. So uh, achieving volume production of that is going to be critical. Apparently, Tesla is also working with partners to supply the same battery. So it's not solely reliant on them, but it's a brand new thing for Tesla. Tesla has not been a battery cell manufacturer in the past. They've been a battery module manufacturer. They've been a battery pack manufacturer. They've been involved in designing battery cell, designing battery chemistry, but they've never produced their own battery cells before, uh, aside from last or, or this year or, or over the course of this year, they've been building them at their product, pilot production plant in Fremont. But the start of battery cell production at Gigafactory Texas and Gigafactory Berlin are going to be a, a big story for Tesla this year too and for the, the rest of the auto industry because for everything that's going to happen next when we, when we go into all the other electric vehicles that we're going to discuss today that are going to be released in 2022, those are only um, significant if they have significant battery supplies, battery cell supply behind them to produce them in volume. Uh, so that's the that's the big story. This this uh, not only this year, but it's going to be a big story for uh, on-fill electric vehicles or, or mass-produced wildly, uh, which is really not the case right now. Like you you have a few, only a few factories outside of China that are producing electric vehicles at high volume. Uh, Volkswagen is a few of them. Now uh, Ford in Mexico is one of them. Uh, Tesla has a bunch of them, but that, that's. That's pretty much it. The rest is fairly low volume. Um, but yeah, so th that's the like the meat of it, I think, for Tesla in 2022. There's also a bunch of like what I call them in the post side projects, which I know is like a kind of diminutive, but uh, they, they are not as consequential as just Tesla increasing production volume from. Um, this year, it looks like they're gonna. We, we we will learn the actual exit rate in the next few days because this is supposed to report them within four days of the end of the quarter, which is gonna be uh, later today. Um, but um, I don't know about you, said, but I think Tesla is probably gonna exit the quarter, the, the the year with a production rate over a million cars per year. I think that's safe to say. Yeah, I mean, a hundred million run rate but i don't think they had, they had a million this year right no they, they won't they won't be delivering or producing a million vehicles this year but they, they they're going to announce having produced well over two hundred fifty thousand cars this quarter probably closer to three hundred thousand cars so that's a, a production rate of well over a million right uh, an annual production rate exiting the year 
What are uh, they going to be on the year? Like around nine hundred thousand. Uh, well, I I didn't do a, a count of everything, but uh, that 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 would make sense. Uh, Tesla's uh, production in twenty twenty one. Uh, vehicle production. Twenty twenty one. Because I, I know the first half of the year they weren't at a million run rate. They were like a much much lower. Yeah. Uh, Q one one hundred eighty thousand. Q two two hundred and six thousand. So you're about four hundred thousand, and then Q three two hundred and thirty seven thousand. So uh, over six uh, six hundred thousand right now. Uh, so they're yeah, not hitting. You know, they're not going to hit the million, but they're going to be uh, around nine hundred thousand. Uh, but again, that that's not as important of of the, the, right. the production rate that they are at right now, because that that tells us where where they're going to be. And the the big so the the, the really the biggest statistic that you're going to want out of Tesla in 2022 is that exit production rate that they have at the end of the year versus what they have right now. Like I said, I think it's going to be um, around two hundred thousand, closer to two hundred thousand, uh, a million. Let's say just over a million. Uh, the big question is it. Are, is it going to be two million? Like that's what uh, the big note that came out out of uh, Wed Bush last week it was that uh, Tesla is going to hit two million uh, run rate next. So they'd have next to do year. a half million a, a quarter per, you know, average. Uh, what we're talking is more like the exit rate at the end of the year. So right. uh, I, I don't think they're going to hit an average throughout the year of a uh, half a million a quarter. But, but quarter if, four but if is going to be half. A million. Yeah, if they get Q four half a million, then that that would be that would be a great achievement for Tesla. Like that 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 should be the goal that they aim for. I think. Um, and I mean, I think it's achievable because yeah. they have the whole year to ramp up uh, Berlin and and, and Texas. Uh, again, we we discussed Shanghai and Fremont apparently having some room to grow, but I think the most of the the growth is going to come from those two new plants. And the fact that uh, Tesla just had an amazing, like just almost flawless ramp up of Shanghai that they can use to right. use the lessons from that to ramp up Berlin and Texas, and then having the two being ramped up simultaneously, like you can learn from each of them and like you can, the mistakes that you make on one, you won't make on the other and, and so forth. So this, this, this is a great opportunity for Tesla to have uh, a very awesome growth in 2022 because I mean, you, you know that you, you start to wonder if they, they can even hit that demand. I mean, up until now they've had a supply problem, but um, you know, it certainly seems like the demand is there. They're, they're, the wait times for a lot of these cars are, mm-hmm months and almost years out so it does seem like they can hit the demand but they have basically like one kind of car it's it's you know a model three mm-hmm. and then a taller model three with the model y mm-hmm. and then you know they are making a few but not a ton of model s's and x's and i don't think those contribute to their numbers nearly as much especially you know their six-figure cars yeah so uh you know a cyber truck would be nice to see uh contribute some numbers yeah, but I still put it in the side projects, and I know it's limited because you, you have like Rivian, which basically has a Cybertruck, and is that's their whole their whole company. Like it's like right. a Cybertruck competitor, and they are worth eighty five billion dollars. How is that a side project? Like, but right. for for Tesla, I mean, in in terms of the impact that they have on the industry and on electric vehicle adoption, producing a million more cars, <laughs> uh, Model S and X, I think has a bigger impact than than bringing Cybertruck to production, which they might do in 2022. So that's why I still put it in the side project. But I I would be like, 
I would give it a 50-50 maybe percent uh, chance of Tesla producing any Cybertrucks in 2022. And if they do, it's going to be so low volume that it won't have a, a giant impact. It would, it's more like exciting and it would, it would generate a lot of headlines and, and things like that. But it's not, it's not going to have much of an impact. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still looking forward to it. Like, especially with uh, what Rivian has announced this week that the, like the, the bigger battery pack is, is delayed to 2023. Uh, and, and I mean, I, I have, I'm, I'm still super hyped about Rivian, but I'm way more realistic than about the, the production rim that they're going to have since it's their first vehicle that consumer vehicle they bring to production that I don't see myself like, having the chance to own one in the near future, especially in Canada that uh, uh, I'm still like 50-50 on whether I get a Rivian or I get a Cybertruck. I don't, I don't know which one. So I'm still super hyped about a Cybertruck too because of that. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Not going to get a, uh, a Ford F-150 or a Silverado or a uh, Hummer? You know what? Um, I have I, <laughs> the dealership issue yeah. is what it is. Uh, it, 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 it impacts me on that front. Like I, I, I do like to just like, oh, let me deal directly with Rivian. Let me deal directly with Tesla. It's not perfect for sure. And look, Rivian, I mean, I won't buy a Rivian until there's a, there's a Rivian dealership within a reasonable distance of me too. So like while Ford, I mean, just I can throw a rock and hit the Ford dealership here. <laughs> um, so there, there, there's issues with that, but I just posted this week a, a look at uh, a lot of people right now because what's happening with the Ford Lightning right now is that Ford has amassed a, a significant uh, backlog of uh, reservation for it. They keep saying like nearly 200,000, so it looks like it's a little bit short of 200,000, but it's, it's around that. And uh, since they have to go through the dealership model, they're basically handing this extremely valuable data set of people that are want to buy that truck to those dealers. And they're like, do whatever you want with it, basically. <laughs> and uh, do whatever you want within the limits of the very small allocation of, of, of supply that we're going to give you over the next year, uh, which is apparently 15,000 units uh, between all those dealerships. And you have 200,000 people that want to buy the truck. So what's happening? Of course, they're jacking up the prices. Right. Uh, I mean, we, we reported on one person being told a $30,000 uh, price increase over um, the MSRP, which I, it wasn't clear on which model it would be. The Ford F-150 apparently starts at $40,000, but that's for the pro version. And I don't know when that's going to be available. So the XL version is most likely the base one for for the first year at least. Uh, that started $53,000, so $30,000 on top of that. Who wants to pay that? Um, and uh, the way that the dealership are doing they're they're being smart about it. They're like, all right, for the first 20 vehicles that they allocate us, uh, you have to pay $30,000 for And they're being, they're being, to their credit, they're being pretty straightforward about it. Like, do you want to be one of the first 30 to get in? Well, pay that price. Um, while you go and... To be fair, you go with Tesla, you go with Lucid, you go with Rivian, all those companies that are using the direct um, direct to consumer model, and they, they they have a similar approach where they will start with the highest, uh, the, the most expensive version of the car first. Uh, so if you want to be among the first to to own the vehicle, you gotta sprain for the for the fully equipped version with all the all the stuff in it, and that's gonna how you're gonna get it faster. And uh, and Tesla is doing that now down market too. 
if you go on Tesla's configurators right now, even for the Model 3, uh, if you choose some options that are more expensive, even just the wheels, for example, you're going to get your car sooner than if you, you get the base version uh, that costs now like what, $45,000, $47,000. So there, there are similarities to it, but um, uh, it's it's still not a 50% markup like they're talking about right now. Uh, most of them, it's not $30,000 they were asking more, but a lot of them were asking like $10,000 more over MSRP. Yeah. And that's uh, we we've seen we're seeing that from from a lot of uh, other vehicles too. We, we, we should talk about it more once uh, we talk about the other EVs. I just want to finish like one more thing about Tesla here and the and the side projects. Um, FSD, of course, FSD is the big story because FSD is, is the hardest one to put in the side project because if if they do solve it, it's uh, it's revolutionary. It's not a side project. It's it, it changes the whole game. Um, it's just whether are they going to solve it or not? And I mean, Elon just updated his timeline, but like, <laughs> like I didn't even post an article about it because like, what, what, what is it worth anymore? Like him updating yeah. his timeline I mean, so, every year. Yeah. He went on the Lex Friedman podcast, which I mean, I, I would re- recommend uh, listening to Elon on the Lex Friedman because I think Lex brings out the best out of, of Elon. Like his, his questions are always a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, Lex is a very smart guy and he, 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 he does his research and everything. So he, um, he asked a very good question. He also asked them like the meme review and everything, like more lighthearted stuff that I'm not the biggest fan of. I don't think it's it's his forte, but whatever. Um, he did mention that now he believes that, and of course you have to to listen to his work carefully when he says that because he's not a dumb dumb. He, he knows what he knows how to be careful when he when he talks about this stuff. And the way he talks about it is when he thinks that FSD is going to be safer uh likely several times safer at least twice as safe as a average human driver maybe three maybe four times safer uh and he's not talking when it's going to be approved uh, by regulators too because tesla doesn't have that much say in that happening but um he says the the question was more about level four too which uh, again that that muddies or not level five yeah, that muddies the whole thing now because uh, Elon was always all level five or nothing, but now it's becoming more clear, especially if you look at uh, the evolving definition of level four, level five. I mean, level five is um, basically like there's nothing it cannot do. <laughs> and if you look at FSD right now, for it to achieve that state, <laughs> it's uh, it's starting to be hard to even imagine that. Uh, level four is more achievable. Like there is conditions in which... Uh, in which it won't work, and and I mean that that makes a lot more sense, especially if you're a current autopilot user. For example, I just drove here to my parents from from Montreal uh, using autopilot most of the way, but every time there's like uh, bad weather or something like that, I get I get that alert that's like, oh, you're navigating autopilot is not available now because of the bad weather and things like that. And I mean that that car is using all the same hardware as uh, the one they're using FSD, so it brings some doubt about that. Um, so yeah, uh, Elon said that he believes that by the end of 2022, that's what he said on the Extreme podcast, that, uh, the FSD is going to be safer than the average human driver by a factor of two to four times more. And, um, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't go in details. Like, what does that mean for people that bought FSD though? So, so does, does that mean that Tesla is going to seek approval for a full on level four system that you can use on the road, which means that the responsibility would shift from the driver to uh to tesla to their system 
And uh, we, we, we know that Tesla, that's, that's their goal. We know that they're preparing for it with, uh, with, with things like Tesla insurance because uh, you, you're going to want have, to have the Tesla insurance if you do that because uh, it's going to be ha- uh, harder for other insurance company to uh, navigate the situation of having, having the drivers and having the, the FSD system. It's just super complicated. So Tesla is already putting all the, the pawns in place to, to, to make it happen, but they need to solve the engineering problem first. And we've seen in 2021 some great progress from FSD, but the path to level four is still not clear, in my opinion. And Elon saying that it's going to happen in 2022 has basically no value to me. <laughs> like even if I know yeah. he knows more about it than I do and everything, he's just historically I've been way too optimistic about it. Or I mean, optimistic is maybe the nicer word. I don't know a lot of people are saying that he's being fraudulent about this thing. I wouldn't go as far as that, but I do understand where they're coming from, especially if you pay like $10,000 for it and think thinking you're going to have it by the end of the year, whatever it's, it's, it's frustrating. I can understand that. It's such a hard problem to try to solve though. Well, it's, it's a problem that's no, nobody's solved before. So there's yeah. so many uncertainties out there that, uh, you know, I think you try to figure out like, all right, when are we going to figure out all these problems? But then new problems come up or, you, you know, it was actually good. I thought it was yeah, uh, nice to kind of hear Elon talk about like all the problems to get getting to mm-hmm. uh, full self driving. Like he clearly is involved. Like oh, it's yeah. not. It's not like you know. He's just like all right, guys. When when is it going to be available? It's it's more like mm-hmm. you know. He's he's in the you know. He mentioned like I thought it was a great podcast and and like I actually thought Elon was doing some deep thinking about mm-hmm. the uh, the the problem. He was talking about when he's in a car and he's doing like the like he's driving around and he's actually like doing some self analysis and like all right how am I thinking mm-hmm. about this so I mean it's it's certainly nobody knows like clearly he, Elon doesn't know and if Elon doesn't know mm-hmm. probably nobody else really knows when it's going to get figured out um, it, it clearly isn't as soon as Waymo or Tesla or anybody thought but you know, we're getting closer. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. The closer we're getting though, the more nervous this company gets because right. they don't want to be, the, they, they all want to be the first, but they don't want to be the first to, to, to screw up either because <laughs> it's such a high stake situation that uh, like I see, I see how the, the space is evolving and it's, uh, it's fascinating how, how the, the approach, the language is being used, language is changing and, you know, just just the term FSD now, like full self driving, it's becoming like we, we just use that term when we talk about Tesla's uh, effort to to deliver a full self driving system. But what does that even mean? Like full self driving? It's self driving, but it's not. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's so. I I think it's still gonna be a big story for Tesla in twenty twenty two. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna follow the the progress of the FSD program as closely as possible, but. Uh, I, I, I one million rubble taxi by the end of the year. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't see it. I just no. And and uh, a guy I follow, and I think you follow him as well, uh, Taylor or- Ogan mm-hmm. uh, from Snowball Capital, kind of put it in perspective. You know, quarter two, two thousand seventeen. Elon predicted by the end by FSD by two thousand nineteen. In two thousand nineteen, predicted to twenty twenty. In 2020, Q3 predicted 2020 at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. It's just like one of those things where it's yeah, 
it kind of keeps going. And he added uh, the mm -hmm. level four by end of 2022. If you look mm -hmm. at it this way, it's like nobody has any freaking idea. Yeah. So, so like you said, like it, it was good at least that in that podcast you went into details about what they're doing. Actually, like actual engineering work that it's being put through to 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 make improvements. So that that's more the, the focus I think that we we need to look at because uh, we are seeing those improvements. It's just that when those improvements reach the level that we're comfortable taking, I'm talking for Tesla here, taking responsibility for the system is uh, and it, it's such an interesting problem to have. Yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to play out. That's exciting, too. I, I should also add, um, you know, if we're talking about what Tesla needs to do in 2022, I think they really need to kind of close this quality control gap. Um, we've been seeing, uh, you know, these these Model Ys coming off the line. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got one of the first Model Ys off the line. It had, you know, the bad panel gaps and whatever. Um, you know, people who are getting their cars, like, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Snazzy Labs, uh, uh, Quinn got his, I don't know, four or five months ago and still had like the problems. It mm -hmm. just doesn't seem like, at least in Fremont, I mean, I, we hear good things about the, the Tesla's coming out of Shanghai. It doesn't seem like they're able to get to that next level of quality control there. Or, or maybe they just don't care. I mean, they have a, yeah, they a sell them anyway. Right, they sell them anyway. Um, you know, they they polish them up a little bit. They can't make enough of them. So why why spend more time slowing down the process on on quality control? But I would really like to see twenty twenty two be a year where Tesla like kind of ramps up the quality control quite a bit, so that you know the people who are thinking about buying Teslas aren't like putting quality control in the cons list rather. Than yeah, yeah. I mean, that's maybe something that could be solved through um, having more factories now where, like, what happened if, like, especially if Fremont still produced for uh, Model Y, and then you have Model Ys from Giga Texas, and then let's say people that are getting the Model Y from Giga Texas are getting a better quality vehicle, and they're like, yeah, you're buying a Tesla, you're like, I want it from Giga Texas because the, the, the panel gaps are better, the quality of the finish is better, and that 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 puts like the things into perspective. And like Tesla now has to compete within its own factories, like who's going to produce the best car? Uh, some internal competition really uh, yep. could be good for Tesla because uh, external competition doesn't seem to <laughs> face no, them not much. Yet anyway. <laughs> you're like, you're like, yeah, we do, they produce like very pristine quality vehicle. It's just they don't match us in terms of uh, electric vehicles, electric powertrains. All right, and maybe the last thing, uh, Tesla Semi. Like Tesla Semi, I put it in the side projects too because, of course, the impact is not going to be massive. But it, it looks like at least 2022 is going to be the year where Tesla is going to start delivering uh, Tesla Semis to customers. So that alone is going to be uh, it's going to be a big event in itself. Uh, but it's still not it's not going to be. I, I doubt that we're going to see volume production of the Tesla Semi in 2022. Um, it sounds like it's only going to be the production at Nevada. Uh, no volume production in Austin, I think, in 2022, maybe in 2023 when battery cells are more available. Uh, but uh, it's still it's still a great product, I think. It's still a great vehicle program for Tesla. And uh, I think it's going to have a massive impact on the trucking industry in the, in, in the future. But uh, I think we're going to see a slow slower ramp up um, in the next two or three years. Then, I mean, this, this vehicle is supposed to be in the market in, like two years ago, three years, 2019. 
All right, before we jump into all the other vehicles available in the market next year, you want to do a quick ad read for Electrify America? Yep. Uh, this week's episode of the, the Electric Podcast is brought to you by Electrify America. Electrify America now operates the largest coast-to-coast ultra-fast charging network with more than 650 charging stations and growing. It currently has plans underway for around 800 total charging stations with more than 3,500 chargers to be to be completed by December of this year. That's now. Uh, and it plans to have more than 1,800 ultra-fast charging stations and 10,000 individual chargers installed by the end of 2025. That includes 50-kilowatt to 350-kilowatt chargers near highways, 50-kilowatt to 150-kilowatt chargers in metropolitan areas. The newly launched Electrify America mobile apps now offer contactless payments along with CarPlay and Android Auto integration, and you can save up to 25% on charging with the new Pass Plus subscription plans. If you're an EV driver and want to learn more about Electrify America and its growing network of charging stations, find out what they're up to at electrifyamerica.com. That's electrifyamerica.com, or hit up the link in the show notes. Thanks again to Electrify America for sponsoring this week's show. Yes, thanks, Electrify America. If you guys have any questions, uh, put them in the comment section right now, and we're going to try to get to them uh, after we, uh, we're done with the show. should be about 20, 30 minutes, something like that. Uh, if you can put them in all caps uh, when you have a question or just put question in all caps and then write down the question, that would be helpful for us to go through, uh, go through the comments right now. But if you're watching live on YouTube, Facebook, uh, we live on Twitter. I don't even know if we're live on Twitter. Yeah, anymore. but not the uh, Spaces one. We're on the old like Periscope one. The old Periscope that's still running. Okay. Um, then yeah, and LinkedIn. You, and LinkedIn, but I don't think we get the questions from LinkedIn. Do we? Do, no. do we? No. Do. So you have to switch to YouTube. <laughs> You're getting that, unfortunately, or, or Facebook. Uh, all right. So so uh, last week, uh, our great Scooter Doll. Uh, that's his real name, if you believe it or not. Um, yeah, real hair too. Look at that guy's hair, and you're gonna be jealous. Uh, there's no doubt. He, uh, he he produced a very a very thorough post. Um, there's when you, when you know you know it's a thorough post when you have a table of contents for it. About 22 of the most anticipated uh, all electric vehicles to. Uh, use the word arrive in 2022 because technically some of them have already arrived. Uh, some of them, it's like different version that's going to be launched in 2022. Uh, but it, it's more like it, like for, give, I'm giving you the Armor EV for an example. Like you technically launched this month, but like this, they delivered a handful of them. It's it, 2022 is when you're going to see them more on the road. Also, I think the, uh, a, not the cheapest version, but a, a little bit cheaper version is going to launch in 2022. Like they're launching a little bit cheaper version every year until 2024. So it's going to be more available. But anyway, let's jump into it right away. Starting with the iX, the X Drive 50 version, which uh, I think it's already been delivered in uh, uh, in Europe right now, but it's not uh, in North America. So the iX used to be known as the iNex, of course, and it was sort of like... Uh, presented as a as a competitor to the model three turns out it's not that at all it's it's a crossover uh more of a competitor to the model y really but to be honest it's a little bit more expensive than that the msrp in the u.s hasn't been has, has been released yet um eighty two thousand three hundred in the u.s so it, it's an expensive vehicle but it's been it, we haven't had the chance to drive it yet but it's being uh, very well reviewed right now for whatever it's worth um uh, I don't always trust all those well-reviewed stuff because I've seen things that have been extremely well-reviewed, but then they don't hold up. 
But uh, I mean, BMW has a long history of delivering great premium vehicles, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. And this, of course, this is like the iX, the i4. I mean, technically the iX3, but the iX3 is still the old gen. So like the, the, this is one of the first next-gen all-electric vehicle built to be electric to, from the ground up from the NW. Yes, it has the kidney grill. I know that's like a, for some reason, that's the defining feature of the vehicle. And it's a make or break thing for, the, for, for, for people that don't like the BMW design language. I don't mind it as much. But uh, I, I do I do see like how it can clash sometimes with uh, with some people, like like, like uh, in in this particular picture with the colors that they have, like it doesn't look good. I, I can admit it. Uh, but there's like in black when and uh, I basically only buy black cars. <laughs> mm. uh, in in black it looks it looks fine to me. All right, uh, the Cadillac Lyric. That's actually one that you uh, you got to see the first prototype of. Like it was two years ago at this point. Yeah, it was right before the pandemic. It seems like yeah. a thousand years ago. It's launching this year, well, in 2022. So, are, are you? Uh, how are you excited about it? I'm excited. I think uh, you know, as uh, Jamie said, I think on one of his recent posts about it. Like, I don't know if Cadillac can make enough of them because of the price. Like, yeah, surprisingly good the price, huh? Yeah, they're starting it, and you know, if if GM can get back into the uh, the uh, the uh, uh, tax rebate thing. Um, that'll make it even better price, but mm. you know, even at at sixty thousand, with most of, you you get a bunch of pretty good features. That's that's pretty close to a Tesla, and this this is gonna be a lot more comfortable for a lot more. I would I don't want to say middle America people, but just like mm. traditional car buyers, like you know, Teslas obviously skew to techie people, younger. Um, younger yeah that, you know cadillac obviously speaks uh to more traditional older folks and you know this is a pretty cool car like I, I i remember sitting in it thinking this is the best interior i've ever seen in a in a car i don't know if that's what we're gonna you know see it at the uh when these are finally launched but um they they definitely have a good product here i hope that mm -hmm. gm markets it correctly and and the dealerships I mean, don't destroy it if you're watching TV, they are already selling it and they're already advertising for it, and it's not even being uh, delivered right now. Yeah. <laughs> so according to Scooter's post, it's gonna first delivery in the U.S. are expected in March 2022. So it's coming. It's coming in fast. Uh, first quarter of the year, and like you said, I mean the the design is uh, I think almost unanimously like appreciated by people. Um, and Cadillac still holds. Uh, it's a strong brand still like uh, people like uh, that it's up and down and over the years but uh like the escalate is still a, a good seller and uh they in the luxury segment like they're they're known especially in the, in the suvs that uh they, they're great cars still uh so and it, it sounds like gm is using the brand as the like uh, the uh, kind of the flagship of uh, electrification for 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 gm so it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out um, but uh, the lyric looks like a f great entry for for uh, for GM with the Cadillac e as an EV brand. I mean, 
Oh, this one is a little bit out of the left field there. <laughs> yeah. the, the canoe. Uh, so I don't know if uh, <laughs> maybe a bit of a stretch for Scooter to say one of the most anticipated vehicle of the year. Uh, especially canoe had their their problem with leadership lately. Like they have basically a lot of, the whole C suite is gone. Yeah, there's been a lot of turnover at a very high level, and of course, the, the company's creation itself is kind of uh, also being contested because it's kind of a spin off of, of Faraday Future, where. Right. The the founder uh, uh, Stefan Kraus, I think was his name, a BMW guy, if I, if I remember correctly, came uh, was brought on at Faraday Future to like straighten up the company and everything, and to raise money. And then he he, he raised like a great what he, he saw himself as a great deal for the company, like a lot of money. Uh, but uh, apparently, the CEO of or the the main financier behind Faraday Future, uh, Jia Yu Tang. Uh, didn't like the deal, so he, he, he killed it. And Kraus liked the deal so much, he's like, this is, he's out of his mind not to take that deal. So he left the company, took the deal for himself to create Canoe, which is, which is kind of a, this is a, like a wild idea here. I mean, this is more like Wall Street stuff than uh, what you're used to seeing the, in the EV or even the, the broader auto industry, I think. Uh, but I mean, they they, uh, they they hired a bunch of good people, good engineers. They develop their own powertrain. It's just that the design uh, is. Uh, I mean, I, I think they, they also they also poached. Well, or he was a co-founder. They poached the head designer of Faraday Future at the time too. Which I might be if uh, like there's so many that you've got to keep track of. I used to be able like to, I, I'll tell you everything. There's no about on the market. Like now 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 I'm. Uh, questioning myself but i want to say it was the bmw i3 designer that that came to uh canoe uh well looking at that thing it certainly <laughs> it certainly <laughs> reminds uh one of yeah. hey, what the i3 might have you know, morphed into are you saying that the high tree design is not great for his head it's it's uh the original weird mobile and i think yeah. uh I don't know. Yeah. I honestly, uh, a lot of people love the i3. So yeah, uh, yeah. I drove the i3 only once, and it was in Barcelona. And uh, driving in Barcelona alone was an, an experience that I would recommend. So I couldn't give you a great review of it, but uh, it's more it of a actually, yeah, kind of similar to the Bolt. Um, different wheels, mm-hmm. different you know, like rear wheel drive, very skinny, big wheels. First, the Bolt had front-wheel drive, but like from a size perspective, and you know, like kind of like a micro SUV mm. perspective, uh, they're, they're very similar. Yeah, it's a user uh, interface inside that I couldn't handle, but that, oh, but that's yeah. all. That's true of all BMW at the time, at least. Uh, so yeah, one other thing that this thing is going to be available. Um, starting price of thirty-five thousand dollars. Okay, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, they don't say they don't say deliveries. I, I would assume it's sometimes. In, oh, okay. Here uh, is expected to launch in late twenty twenty two. Okay, late uh, in the next year. All right, another one that uh, I mean, I think I, uh, most anticipated probably fits the the, the criteria because they 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 did accumulate a lot of reservation for it. There's a lot of hype behind it. Uh, it's the Fisker Ocean. It's uh. SUV that's also touting uh, a very low uh, price, starting at thirty-seven thousand five hundred. Uh, and it, this one is, of course, like everything that comes with uh, Fiskers and, and, and the name. 
it's uh you they gotta deliver it and it's gotta be up to standards in terms of the engineering because of course Fisker is more known as a design guy of course same thing for Canudia they hired a lot of smart people to to build the cars and of course they have this partnership with um Mag- Magna Mag- uh, is it Magna yeah Magna uh, so, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, this uh, and deliveries for this one is slated for November of 2022. It's all sold out, of course, uh, for the, the first year of production. But uh, also, like the solar roof thing—that's that's something that uh, I think it's going to be a big thing in uh, next year or two. In the sorry, in the EV market, Cybertruck is supposed to get one. Uh, who else is supposed to get a solar roof on it? I mean, we'll probably run into one. I feel like <laughs> there's a Hyundai or something. Ah, uh, yeah. Not the Hyundai, though. I don't think the Hyundai is no, a solar roof. No, maybe the Kia EV6. I don't know. Hmm. The Ford F-150 Lightning, I mean, we already discussed this one a lot. Uh, deliveries are supposed to start uh, first half, spring. Spring. Uh, spring's deliveries are starting this, this, this year, but I mean... So we, we just we just talked a little bit about it with the dealership models going on. Uh, apparently, from what we are hearing, they are planning only fifteen thousand uh, vehicles being allocated for the whole year of twenty twenty two. So mostly the second half of the year, obviously. That's going to be uh, a big disappointment for a lot of people because a lot of yeah. people are excited about this car. Yeah, so a lot of people won't be able to get this car this year, and and then because of what we just discussed, a lot of people are gonna get this car this year. They they gonna uh, pay the biggest, the big premium for it. Uh, you know what's that gonna mean though? Like, and this is how screwed up we are these days. <laughs> like, because people are gonna pay more for it, they they're gonna they're gonna not necessarily like it more, but they're gonna tell you they like it more because uh, otherwise, like if the, uh, if you pay like thirty thousand dollars more for for the car. And then it's a dud. <laughs> like, you don't want to say that a dud because then you're the moron. We pay two thousand, thirty thousand dollars more for a car that's not great. So you have to keep that in mind when when uh, people give share their experience about the car. But obviously, it's going to be uh, reviewed by the, the media too. Uh, we are hoping to get the review unit at some point this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, on paper, on paper, that 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 vehicle is solid, like uh, as solid as it gets. I think. Um, you you got a chance to test uh, te- uh, test ride it or test drive it? Did you test drive? Uh, it? Just a ride, just a ride. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was amazing. So a yeah. couple things about that. One is uh, they they're saying like mid four seconds zero to sixty. It's it was faster than the Rivian, which is three seconds zero to sixty. So um, I think they're probably going to save that you know surprise for later. But I think it's going to have a pretty close to three second, if not more, you know, cl- faster. It's probably Ford's fastest car, if I, <laughs> if I think about it right now. Yeah, at least off the line. Um, I mean, the uh, yeah. The, you, do you think they're gonna make it faster than the Mackey GT and everything? I don't think they have a choice. Like it just yeah. <laughs> like they just like they're like, whoops, it's really fast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we put a big battery in there. We put you know mm-hmm. like heavy duty motors and like whoops. Uh, the other thing is like that really got people excited is the fact that it can charge. I mean, there's a couple things, obviously, mm-hmm. but the fact that it can charge, you know, a work site or a house for a few days, uh, and they've got, like, most of the hardware to do that, I think has a lot of people excited. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't have to necessarily buy, you know, four power walls for your house uh, anymore. You can kind of just rely on on the, the Ford. Unfortunately, this isn't going to be, you know, available right out of the gate. 
um, there's some software and some uh, externalities that they have to work on. Um, the other thing is the huge frunk. I mean, they can yeah, fit you see human, it here, really. Like it looks like there's in there. three full size coolers in there. Yeah, it's just tons of space. It's got uh, you know plugs in the inside the frunk, so you can actually like you know have powered coolers in there or whatever. Um, and then you know, obviously, it's a pickup. It's a full size pickup, and you know, F one fifties are big, big vehicles, so there's plenty of room in the back. Um, and you know, like Ford over the last decade has turned the F one fifty into kind of a luxury vehicle. Um, that's why you know these people are driving these around that mm-hmm. never haul anything. They just want a the huge space vehicle. And yeah, the, and the experience, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people feel safer too on the road when they have a bigger vehicle. Uh, I can understand, but yeah, it's almost kind of like a uh, arms race with uh, mm-hmm. bigger vehicles because people just get bigger and bigger. And now, you know, the uh, soccer moms are driving around like ten ton tanks. You know, so so now now here, here's the the big question. Okay, Ford starts delivery of the Lightning in spring of next year. Apparently aims to deliver fifty thousand of them, fifteen thousand one five, by the end the end of the of the year. So during mostly during the second half. Who delivers more electric pickup trucks in the U.S. in twenty twenty two? Ford of Rivian, which already started deliveries uh, this year. Uh, doesn't seem like Rivian's going to be making a lot of pickup trucks. Uh, just I think know, they, I, I think I mean do you have the demand for it? Oh, they have the well. Everybody has the demand. Yeah. The demand like I feel like. So you think right, they're not going to ramp up as uh, as fast as uh, as that? What Ford is right. going to do? I feel like Ford I think that's a safe faster. bet. I think I think I agree with you. I think uh, yeah. I think if Rivian if Rivian delivers ten thousand. 10,000 vehicles total next year. I think that that'd be good. No, maybe not. Maybe like 12, maybe like a, a, a thousand a month. Ah, is that no, is that too low? Cause I mean, they already produced like 600 of them in the last three months of this I year. I don't know what, when I got my email saying that the mm-hmm. R1S isn't going to be here until 2023. And then you know a lot the big of battery shared. pack. The big battery pack of the R one is no, just just the the regular battery. I mean, they're only delivering one battery. Oh, okay, pack. well, they're, your they're yours. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Your, yours because of your reservation. Yeah, okay. But you know, I reserved mine like before all the reviews came out mm-hmm. and stuff. I, I did that yeah. on purpose. So I was actually, and and by the way, they told me like if I reserved now, it would be summer of 2022 or late late summer 2022. So. Saying that it's going to come early 2023 is like a big delay. So I mm-hmm. think they foresee some significant uh, slowdown in deliveries. Yeah, um, this ch- challenges in ramping up production. Right? right. Oh yeah. So I'm going to stick with an average of a thousand deliveries, and and I'm including the R1S in that because they are. That's that. That's also that might have been a, a mistake of. Uh, I mean, the, the vehicles are so similar too. So it's not maybe it's not a mistake, but to produce them at the same time, basically at the same time. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the next one, the Genesis JV60. Um, I mean, the first all-electric Genesis is supposed to come in the spring of 2022. 
And uh, I mean, this one is a no-brainer, really, because uh, it's it's basically the same car as the Hyundai Ionic in terms of the powertrain. They're both built on the same eGMP platform. Uh, so we know that the specs are going to be there. We know all the features in terms of uh, the features that are powered by the powertrain are all going to be on par. The, the, the efficiency is going to be there and everything. So it's just in a different form factor, much like the Ionic 5 versus the EV6. Uh, so so this, this is... Uh, and uh, from what we've seen from the pictures, especially this one, I mean, this 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 looks like a sharp car right there. Really um, sharp, yeah, yeah. So this is the more like higher hand version of the Ionic Five, if you will, because the form factor looks very similar, just designed a little bit slicker, a little bit rounder, uh, not a little bit, a lot rounder, really. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this 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 is gonna be a killer. No, uh, no, no price on it yet. So of course you can you can expect a premium over the Ionic Five. But we we just discussed it like two or three weeks ago that the the prices on Ionic Five they're looking good, um, looking real good. So Scooter put the uh, Hummer EV in there, like I said, because it's it's really more of a, a 2022 vehicle. I mean, it's literally a model year 2022. Uh, but he specifically said here the uh, EV uh, the version EV three X is that what you're calling it? The three X. I'm not I'm not uh, up to date on the. On the version of it, so I know right now they are delivering the edition one, hundred and twenty thousand dollar vehicle approximately. So the EV3 X Fall twenty twenty two gonna have a starting price of a hundred thousand dollars, so a little bit cheaper. Still a very expensive vehicle, but I mean they're gonna sell everything they produce with that. I think too, just because of uh, the brand power of the Hummer and then the fact that it's also like a, like the specs are there, like the specs of the vehicle are there is just. Just kind of an obnoxiously massive vehicle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's got a lot of cool stuff. Like we've seen the interior; it's it's yeah. super cool. It's got a glass roof, uh, a removable glass roof, I think. Um, it's you know, like they'll they'll sell every one of those that they can make for years. Oh yeah, that, for sure. Because they're not going to make that much too. That's right. something that that's what we're saying. <laughs> like it's not going to be a high volume vehicle, like. A, like our focus was about Tesla earlier. Uh, we just kind of discussed it, the Ionic 5. Uh, we, 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 we talked a lot about it. It's, uh, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's going to be a very successful vehicle. Same problem as the Hummer. is not going to produce enough of them uh, for sure, uh, but they're going to produce a lot more of them uh, than the Hummer. Um, so it's coming to the U.S. It's already very popular in Europe. It's coming to the U.S. Uh, in 2022. Uh, we don't don't have to. I thought we had an exact timing on it, but uh, they they actually delivered a few at the end of the year. Yeah, uh, okay. in the U.S., I think so. You know, like one or two guys got a picture with their deliveries or whatever. Okay. Um, what we like, I think, most about the Ionic Five was the surprisingly low starting price. Um, you know, under forty thousand dollars. Like, mm-hmm. and and it's got a bunch of cool design stuff. It's got uh, reverse charging. I mean, that that under forty thousand is a smaller battery. Still mm-hmm. solid range, um, but for me, you know, I I drove the uh, the the two wheel drive version. It did it didn't have great pickup at all. No, um, I would definitely, uh, if you're listening to this, opt for the all wheel drive version. It's going to be much faster, mm-hmm. um, and you're going to like it more. Um, so, but that's one of the things that's great about the Ionic and all all the GMP vehicle, the GMP vehicle, is, is that they are offering them. With a bunch of different configurations, you can get a small battery with a big battery. You can get the small battery with a one motor or two water motors. You can get the big battery with one motor and two motors. Like 
unlike Tesla, that forces you, like, if you want a big battery, well, you're going to have to have the dual motors, like all, all these things that Tesla is, uh, is doing, that it, it, it's a bit more limiting. Uh, Hyundai doesn't have that. Uh, of course, all the different trims are going to come at different times, but uh, it, it might be a little bit longer for the the, 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 the cheapest rear-wheel drive version to come. But uh, they're going to come, and it's going to be available. I'm just, I, I, yeah, you're going to have to shop around a little bit for the Ionic 5 because it, the high demand for it and the dealership or some dealership have been known to already mark them up a little bit. So be careful with that. I mean, and, and that's probably true of every vehicle that we're going to discuss today. Like the I, Kia EV6, which is basically the same car with a different form factor, uh, better form factor in my opinion. I like the design a little bit more. I don't know if I told you I'm going to see this thing in uh, Sonoma in California at the end of the month. Oh, nice. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, that's awesome. Sonoma is great, too, uh, for driving, for test drives. It's a great yep. place for test drive. Um, now I see the price here. Did they actually release the price? or They did. It was higher than we thought. Yeah. Wait, it's MSRP hard. of 45000 I thought it was higher than that for some reason. I mean, five, I, I was expecting it to be more expensive than Ionic 5. Uh, that's a starting price of five thousand dollars more than Ionic Five, so yeah, maybe not that much. I thought I thought they could get away with three to four thousand, maybe more. Five is a starting to be a stretching it a little bit. Uh, all trims of the EV6 are expected to go on sale in the U.S. in early 2022, so it's coming. It's coming here very soon, and they're gonna make all trims available. Lucid, so uh, Lucid already started the deliveries of the Air, but. Uh, uh, they started with the Dream Edition, which is the, like the first edition of the vehicle, which only have 520 that are planned to be delivered. Uh, in 2022, they're going to expand their lineup to a more version of the vehicle, starting with the Air Pure. You get it? Um, the Air Pure starts at seventy-seven thousand dollars. So, I mean, I, 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 I think, I think this shit is going to be do good. Uh, get, and Tesla opened the door for them, really. Like, uh, um, it, with with Elon, kind of actually, I think, I, I think Elon helped them a lot, really. Like, and I unintentionally. That's the thing. I I would want to give him credit. That he did it intentionally to help them, but when he, when he always talks down about the role that uh, Peter Rawlinson uh, played uh, on the Model S, I'm like, all right, then he, he clearly doesn't like him, doesn't like Lucid. So I'm like, he probably does is not doing it intentionally. But the truth is, when when he uh, he changed the price of the Model S when Lucid announced the price of the of the Air, um, that kind of like started this little rivalry thing. And uh, and then Tesla like announced like the crazy range for the Plaid Plus that never happened and everything. And then when they killed that, that made Lucid looks good with their 500 miles range for the higher end version of the vehicle. But then what really helped Lucid the most is that within this whole rivalry thing that that Tesla kind of started, and Lucid like went away with the range because they killed the Plaid. Then they also made the new version of the Model S so expensive. That uh, the uh, the um, starter trims for for the Lucid Air like this one, the Pure at seventy seven thousand dollars, makes a lot more sense. Like, because uh, because it's a tough sell to to sell a new expensive like luxury sedan, electric sedan when you have the Model S that's been a success for a long time. It's hard to displace, but then when there's a twenty thousand dollar difference between them, it's it's a easier pill to swallow. And so far, so good for Lucid. I mean, the, the car is great. 
So I think I think it's going to be a big year 2022 for Lucid. But it's another one of those things like they have to ramp up production. I don't know how successful they're going to be in that. Um, apparently, they have the money to do it. Now they're public. The, the stock has been doing great. So they've been able to raise some money. They have the coffers to uh, to survive the ramp up. Uh, oh, the Lotus. He puts the Lotus Type 132 SUV in there. So I don't know if you remember earlier this year we reported on like Lotus announcing this this whole rebranding thing. Like they, they are known for the supercars basically. And they, they already announced an all-electric hypercar. Um, so they were going into the electric space. But earlier this year they had this big announcement that they are actually like changing the whole brand and they're going to release SUVs and, and, and sedans and a bunch of electric vehicles. So they're becoming a, a broader electric electric vehicle uh, brand instead of just this supercar, hypercar brand. And uh, the Type 132, which is, uh, again, we uh, hasn't even been unveiled yet, is supposed to come in the spring of 2022. And um, and yeah, I mean, that's about it. Like uh, We know that it's going to be between 92 kilowatt hours and 120 kilowatt hours. I mean, it, this is going to be a very luxury vehicle. So I think, I don't, I don't know, you don't, I haven't talked about pricing yet, but uh, this, this is not going to be for everyone, I think. Oh, all right. If, if there's one that I'm going to truly disagree about being on that list, it's going to be the Mazda MX-30. Uh, that thing uh, is, I mean, it is coming to the U.S., that's true. So it's a new car coming to the U.S. It wasn't, we weren't even sure that it was going to come to the U.S. until like now it's been, it's been launched uh, with an MSRP of 33500 which makes it amongst the cheaper all-electric vehicles out there. But uh, there's a good reason why it's cheap. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, unless you're very just using it as a urban vehicle and you have access to charging regularly, especially overnight. Uh, it's just I mean you cannot do long distance travel with that thing or, or any long distance travel that it's enjoyable because it's going to change your travel plan so much. Uh, yeah, it's uh, not the most anticipated vehicle for sure. Yep. That's one of them, the EQE. I mean, we saw it when it was launched um, in September uh, when we went to uh, Munich. What was the name of that show again? Uh, IA. IA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I mean that 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 looked like a like they killed it on, on this one. I mean, we don't we, do we have the we don't have the US price yet. I mean, it's not going to be a cheap vehicle. Of course, it's a E class level vehicle, so expect E class prices. But uh, it. it I mean, the, the EQS was also a knock of the park. They had all the specs, right? The uh, extremely performance vehicle. This is just uh, a little bit lower level, but uh, still like insane range. Uh, the aerodynamic performance is top of the chart, uh, which gives the which gives it a great efficiency. Um, I, I think they're going to do great with that in the US. It's going it's going to be the big air like mole as competitor, I think. Uh, and Lucid probably is going to have to watch uh, watch out for it too. Yeah, I mean the EQE is almost too good. Like it's mm-hmm. going like the difference between the EQE and the EQS is kind of small. Like I yeah. kind of feel, feel like they should have made uh there the more space between the EQE and the EQS because it's such a nice car. Like unless you're in the no no, like if if like a lot of people, of course, buy these brand name vehicles like Mercedes and BMW to to impress, and uh, if you show up with an AQS instead of a QE, it's, if you're in the no, like people are like oh, this is an awesome car. Like either way, like they're not gonna oh, it gets an EQS even though it's a you just uh, enter a new tax bracket if you <laughs> if you buy right. an EQS instead of the EQE. 
Uh, yeah, but when when is it coming to the US? Uh, just uh, we just have twenty twenty two as the as the timeline. Um, oh, now we're okay. So it's not just US cars because uh, Scooter put the Neo ET five in there. We also we also have the Xpeng in there, which also oh, yeah? don't think is coming to the US next well, year. Well, I mean, it, it might, eventually. It yeah, eventually they could not not in 2022 for sure. I mean, even this one, the e, uh, ET5, which uh, great car by the way, like uh, very, it hits a lot of the, my check marks uh, in terms of like, efficiency. That you're I mean, you're talking about a range of 600 miles. That's on the Chinese standards, so I'm not trusting that too much. But it's uh, greatly uh, well well designed vehicle with nice specs and everything and a, a reasonable price tag of the equivalent of around fifty thousand uh, dollars forty thousand dollars if you lose the battery as a service thing but that's i don't think that's going to work much in, in the u.s uh, but neo has been talking about expanding in the u.s lately and they are expanding in europe so maybe this car is going to come to the u.s at some point but right now we're just talking about china uh, at the end of next year the area in the fall of 2022 oh my god they keep pushing this thing back. It was supposed to be 2020, I think. Yeah. Uh, um, Nissan I, has been uh, one of those companies that uh, been falling behind in electrification in a big way. And they were oh, so yeah. far ahead. They had the Leaf in 2010. Yeah, yeah, they did. It's so sad. Yeah, but that thing is coming now. Apparently, fall 2022 is going to have a starting price of uh, $46,000. That's expensive, too. Yeah. It's got a really nice interior. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, don't sleep on the Aria. It's, it's like a lot of people are like, they, you know, the original Aria, the, the prototype was gorgeous and like, you know, super futuristic. Mm-hmm. And then they like, they Nissan leafed it a little bit and, uh, you know, it's not quite mm-hmm. as nice, but the interior is still really nice. And I think, you know, price wise, they still have the, uh, the federal tax credit. So yeah, we're going to high thirties. Probably not for long. <laughs> no, not for long. Not with this. Uh, the Polestar Three. I mean, the Polestar has been like a, kind of a dark horse in this uh, electrification race. I think they're they're starting to to gain some momentum, and um, the the of course the they, they, we kind of we, we were a little bit confused at first with the Polestar One. Like they they they, they relaunched Volvo like or Nagili really their conglomerate behind the company relaunched Polestar as this elect- all-electric vehicle brand, but then the Polestar 1, was, which was a great car too, but it was a hybrid. Uh, and then they just did a few of them, and now they switched to Polestar 2. So now the lineup is the Polestar 2, really. That's it. And then the Polestar 3 is coming up as an SUV. Uh, the Polestar 2 is more of like a sedan crossover. So uh, a bigger SUV here for, uh, for Polestar coming uh, in sometime in 2022 so we don't have a very precise very precise timing on it uh no pricing yet but um yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to this one i think i think this one uh, is, is going to be a bigger seller than a polestar too and of sure. course polestar sh- shares a lot of you know dna of of volvo so yeah. you know that it's going to have you know volvo type quality and safety and stuff so that's good and i like the design of the polestar too and i mean if anything this prototype uh Looking good too so far. Heavily camouflage, of course. But uh, Rivian R1S uh, deliveries started technically this year, but uh, like we discussed last week, it's just uh, just the CEO and the CFO that got it. So that the real deliveries customers are going to start at the, um, the 2022. 
but like we just discussed, like it's going to be a slow ramp up. So don't expect uh, if you're placing a reservation now, you won't get it this year because Seth is not getting us this year. No, <laughs> I don't think. 20, I think 2023 is a long shot if you put place yeah. a reservation right now. You're looking at 2024. Yeah, because they have 71,000 of them in uh, U.S. and Canada alone uh, reservation. So uh, and and those I mean, are thousand cannot... dollars deposit too. So the people are relatively serious about it. So. Nobody can make enough electric vehicles yeah. right now. Like yeah. if you could make a million, like even just like mediocre electric pickup trucks, if you could make a million of them this year, yeah. you would sell out all of them. Like not yeah. even great ones. That's why I said the most important thing about Tesla in 2022 is this this production ramp up. Like if yeah. if you have like large factories producing a lot of electric vehicles, you you own the auto industry's transition to electric. Yep. That's why Tesla's a trillion dollar valuation. Like it's not. There's no secret for it. But we've been He's, saying that for years, yeah, like almost a decade. Yeah, people, people are now like when I've been saying for years and years and years. At some point around 2024, 2025, there's going to be a shift that no one in their right mind is going to want to buy a car that's not all electric, battery electric. People have been saying this is crazy. This won't happen until the most ambitious people are like 2030. Most of them are like 2035, 2040. Like the Bloomberg, or what is it called? The Bloomberg Energy? New Energy Finance. New Energy E-N-E-F. Finance, which is seen as like the gold standard in those predictions. Every year they've been, they've been like shortening the timeline, but they're still like now, I think at like 40% by 2035 or something like that, which is completely missing the point, I think. But now I'm starting to, a few people that I say that to these days are not looking at me like I'm crazy anymore. So like, uh, that's a good sign. Like it's the people that are going my way, I think. Uh, the Subaru Solterra. Uh, it's basically the uh, Toyota BZ4X. Is that the name? Yeah. Um, it's coming uh, twenty mid-2022. Um yeah, I mean the specs are not bad. It hits the mark in a lot of places. Uh, have uh, oh that the, the, the Toyota was the one that I was thinking when I, I thought the solar roof. Uh, it's gonna have a solar roof. Uh, I don't know if the Solterra is gonna have one though, but uh, I know that the Toyota is gonna have one uh, as an option at least. Um, the specs are not bad. Uh, I mean, I don't like their marketing that they're like, hey, we have the best all-wheel drive ever. It's like, yeah, you're gonna have as good as an all-wheel drive as any other dual motor electric vehicle. Like, it's and there's not, like, plenty of those out there right now. Yeah. But maybe it's still gonna work, like in Colorado, wherever where they own the market. Like there's there's a few places where people are like they swear by Subarus. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how they're gonna handle that switch to electric uh, with their very first one. So that's coming later, mid 2022. Well, it's gonna be embarrassing though when you basically Toyota's building their car and <laughs> they're gonna have the best the best Subaru is gonna be built by Toyota and nobody's gonna be able to get their hands on it because yeah. they're not making enough. Exactly. That's going to be an issue. Well, the Cybertruck is there, but we already, did, we already discussed the Cybertruck. The BZ4X, we already discussed it, also coming in mid-2022. No pricing for it yet. The pricing is going to be a make or break for it. But the, uh, like I said, this is, like the Solterra, this, the specs are, are, are good. ID5, that, okay, the full-size SUV for, for on the ID platform, that's going to be a big deal for the U.S. Um, arrives in the U.K. and EU start uh, in early 2022. Uh, didn't say anything about the U.S. Also, I think the ID5 is more like a sportback version of the ID4. Uh, the ID6 is the bigger one. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. Yeah, yeah you're you're right. The ID5 is, is exactly the same as the ID4. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
uh, yeah, they should they should have went the Audi way with that, and then just do the e-tron e-tron sports back uh, Q4 Q4 sports back right. because like doing an ID five thing and uh, it's just like you lose like an inch uh, in the back seat of like head space, but other otherwise it's basically the same car. Yeah, the mini bus he, he talked about it too, but the mini bus is probably the most uh, exciting thing coming next year. It's supposed to come next year, so I would have put that in instead. Then Xpeng, just uh, just like Neo we discussed earlier, Xpeng is uh, is expanding outside of China too, going to uh, Norway. Talking very primarily in terms of uh, expanding to North America, so maybe we're going to see those cars soon, but uh, I wouldn't bank on it. All right, should we jump into the comments? Because we already went over an hour. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Arthur K. Lode um, says... Will there be a CCS upgrade path for owners whose cars are not installed? That's uh, happened at 4.11. So I, I think we we're talking about Tesla at that point. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's, there's a thing that says like uh, you can go into your your, your account setting on, on your Tesla. Uh, and, um, and it tells you if you are equipped with the... I think it's a charge port, like kind of a ECU thing. It's a, it's a little brain behind the charge the charge port that uh, if you don't have the latest version of it, you won't be get compatible to the CCS uh, uh, protocol. Ooh. Uh, so you won't be able to use those uh, adapters? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um, so it, it's it's really just a little control unit. So I would I would assume that a retrofit would be possible. I, I want to like Tesla. Normally, it's better about Tesla. It's better to bet against a retrofit than for a retrofit. In this case, I think it's such a big deal. Um, I, I I think Tesla should offer it. Like if you buy the CCS adapter, they should give it to you, or they should for a small price or whatever. I feel I feel like a yes, but uh, don't 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 take my word for it. So wait, where where does it say that? Uh, I think in the car. If you go like to the info of your car. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you can see it, and uh, it's gonna say CCS compatible or something like that. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. All right. Uh, your Model Y, I think your Model Y is fine. All right. Um, moving on. How will Tesla prove FSD is safer? So much bias in selection, and when it's used, a randomized A/B test would be the only way to measure safety versus humans. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, uh, I mean, right now there's people are real, literally developing, and uh, some places already have them. I think Michigan has has them, and a few few other jurisdictions. They're developing like drivers' tests for for electric vehicles, uh, for for autonomous vehicles. Sorry, uh, like they they literally like they put a human driver into a driver's test to get your permit, your, your driver's license. Uh, you do the same thing for an autonomous system, which is. Um, not a perfect way, <laughs> not even a no. good one, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get your point that the, the selection on where you use it, when when you use the system is is going to be a big factor. But the idea is that uh, once FSD is ready, you're going to be using it all the time, except for maybe some exception of like weather and, and things like that. But uh, on all roads, con- all roads with most conditions, uh, so. So that shouldn't be as big as a factor at that point, but uh, but yeah, you, you, the data is gonna have to be presented in a very convincing way to have any impact. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, Benjamin Laurel asks, "Do you predict a drop in Model Three or Model Y in 2022? I think means price 
as the chip shortage gets resolved and more non-Tesla EVs become available? It's a good question. Uh, ooh, good so, question because uh, I I don't like to, as good as Tesla can be like with the missions and, and with the mission and everything. It's still a corporation and it's still trying to make money. Uh, if they can sell those cars at those prices, uh, I don't yep. think they're going to reduce the price at all. So, right. uh, if if there's Demand. a ramp up of production and 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 things start to smooth out, uh, maybe in the second half of the year they start having like a little bit more convincing to do, then maybe the prices go down. Uh, but other than that, no, I don't think it's going to be a priority for Tesla to reduce prices right now. All right, uh, moving on. I agree with you, by the way. I, I think demand is going to be the the price uh, effector. All right, uh, Philip Lavoy says, what kind of pure EV production volumes do you expect from Toyota in the coming years? Oh, boy. Pure global EV production? I mean, there's some in China, uh, and uh, they're going to ramp that up uh, faster for sure. Uh, this 2022. I, I can't even tell you. I don't think it's going to be significant. I think they're going to, from what I get from Toyota, whatever they have to to comply to the regulations, which of course in in Europe right now are, are ramping up in, in Europe and China. Uh, I think they're going to do the bare minimum, really. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, Roll of twenty says I'm going to live in my mega power frunk. That's the uh, the Ford F one fifty frunk is you quite could. large. You could. I mean. It's got it, yeah. If you're a small uh, person, you can have a bed in there or something. Yeah, uh, wouldn't probably wouldn't recommend that though. Uh, capital, there's a lot of questions, but none, none are capital here. Let me huh. go back. All right, Patrick says the only question is this: How much longer can the myth that Tesla is years ahead hold, both in the real world and the stock market? It's only a matter of time. It, it is. It's well, no myth. I mean, look at this point. Like, I. I, I <laughs> Some people say that I'm like I'm biased or whatever, like and maybe I am, but this is a lot of people say I'm biased against Tesla too for some reason. It, it's no myth. Like, look, look at the production of it. It depends on what metric you're looking at, but in terms of producing compelling electric vehicle and volumes, Tesla is years ahead of people. Uh, now I, I don't like when Jill and O says, "Oh, Tesla is like ten years ahead in battery technology over over the other people." Like, uh, okay, that, that, when people say that, I'm like, "All right, that that doesn't help the cause." Like, I like I like Jill and O and everything, but what does he know about battery technology? How can he put right. like a, a figure a figure of ten years uh, over the others? And I, I don't think Tesla has ten years over battery technology. I think they have a lot of experience in in producing battery packs, so I think they are a few years ahead of the uh, rest of the market in terms of uh, uh, the data that they have because the data on battery packs is very important. Tesla has a ton of those. Like They had battery packs in use for millions of miles, um, which which other automakers don't have that kind of, uh, of data. So that's super useful for them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, especially since that person m- mentioned the stock market thing, until people do things like Tesla is doing right now, building giant gigafactories to produce millions of electric vehicles, uh, yeah, they're going to be ahead of the on the stock market too. All right. We have uh, rapid-fire questions from David WS. Uh, let's go first here. Tesla needs to bring vehicle to load and vehicle to grid to all the fleet of cars. Um, I think that would be nice. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, I remember, I still remember Drew Baglino saying that on the stage, like, like every new car is now has this capability for Tesla is just not like activated or something. Uh, and Europe, like, in particular, yeah, like he said something about Europe being today. It has all the Tesla vehicles in Europe today have that, and soon it will be every every Tesla vehicle. He said also the Cybertruck. He said it might not, it might be more of a feature that they start advertising with a Cybertruck. So maybe something to wait for that. Yeah, and we saw the Cybertruck got uh, crab walk, whatever mode, mm -hmm. uh, and other stuff that uh, the competitors were yeah. talking about. So he continues uh, vehicle to grid load with high power, like eleven point five kilowatt, is a must for the Cybertruck. It must have nine point nineteen point two kilowatt level two charging. Uh, that's a lot for a home, but I agree, it probably needs to needs to happen. That's 80. Yeah, it's a lot for a home, and there's, there's just not a lot of places that will give you that kind of level two charging. But it, it, it would be a good option, I think, to have it as an option. Tesla used to for the Model S and the Model X. Uh, they have that dual charger options. It's just not that many charge point for it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you can, if you have a fleet of it, uh, like a distribution center that uses Cybertruck, something it would make sense to maybe install those. Have overnight charging that uh, that works well. All right. And then uh, talking about not all four dealers are putting a markup. That's true. Um, mm -hmm. We should note that like most, I would say half of the four dealers are not doing markups. Some are doing markups on non, like if you don't have a reservation, if you just want to get mm -hmm. one off the lot. And then there's some that are just emailing people that made a reservation for a certain price and saying you're going to pay 5,000 more if you want. But then you shouldn't even sell it if of the lot. If like, there's already such a big backlog of reservation holders, like why right. would, why would you get behind those? Like they put, I mean, it's just a hundred bucks, but still they put the hundred bucks for a reason. But I mean, the dealers are like, Hey, we can make a boatload of money on these things. Yeah, I, I, like, I know the motivation, but yeah. I'm just saying it's not fair. It's not fair for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he says Ford would deliver a lot more than Rivian by a long shot. Ford could very well take sales away from Rivian. Uh, if Ford is smart, they will make and sell as many as they can. Um, I don't think there's, they're going to meet, I don't think any pickup truck maker will meet demand mm -hmm. by 2025. I think every single, there's not going to be a pickup truck on a lot anywhere unsold unless they're, mm -hmm. you know, they raise prices crazy. Uh, until 2025. That's my prediction. All right. And finally, just a uh, happy new year. Yeah. Thank you, Philip. Happy new year's to you too. Happy new year's to everyone who's listening right now. I appreciate you a lot for listening and for supporting the show in 2021. We had a great year for the podcast. Started having sponsors. And you said we saw a lot of growth this year. So we appreciate that. Um, and we're going to see you uh, next year for the first episode starting January 7th of next Friday. And um, we're going to take it from there. Just hoping for a nice 2022.